BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Real Pod. We were originally head over heels, super excited for this episode, and we still are. Joining me today is my fabulous producer, Christiana Morgan Roth. Howdy. She's the best. Every single Real Pod episode goes through her eyes, ears, and fingertips through her computer. So she is the best and a big, big, big part of what makes the show happen every week. So we love her. And she's a diehard Swifty. So she was the perfect guest for this episode. But before we get into all the fun, which we recorded two weeks ago, breaking news that Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn, after six years together, are breaking up. And at first, I didn't want to believe this because... I just didn't want to believe it. I was like, there's no way unless she says that I don't believe it. But then People Magazine posted about it. And I actually had a person I know in the industry who used to work at publications like this basically told me if People Magazine posts about it, it's confirmed because a publication like that wouldn't post anything about Taylor Swift without her team's approval behind the scenes. So I believe that. Christiana, what do you think? I do as well. When I saw that people independently confirmed, I tend to I tend to trust that they went through a tree on that. Tree being Taylor Swift's publicist, but they didn't say rumors swirl about a possible right. breakup. Is They're independently title, confirmed. Yes. And their title was like Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn are no longer together. Like it was very definitive and mm-hmm. yeah, confirmed by a source close to the couple. So I'm taking that at face value. Unfortunately, I still think I'm not really processing it because it's like, so unexpected and so shocking. We don't want to spend too much time kind of ruminating or speculating about it because Taylor was so intentional about keeping their relationship private the entire time they were together that I think it would be ironic to then 
try to pick apart and want more information on their breakup when clearly that's not what she wants from us. However, the one thing I did want to maybe discuss with you quickly is just if we think we're going to get anything from Taylor on this ever, because I'm kind of leaning towards no. I am as well. I really think that the only thing that we will hear from her is at some point in an interview, a confirmation that she is currently single. I do not think that she is going to say anything else about the relationship. I think she cares very deeply for clearly and loves and respects Joe. And I don't think that we're going to hear any of the details of this relationship outside of any lyrics that she writes in the future, which I think will be a long time from now. I I really don't care for the sentiment that people are like, yeah, this album, this next album is going to be great. Like, calm down. There's a real person there that's in pain. And so I, I think that I think that we won't hear anything except for maybe she will confirm at some point that she's single. I agree with that. I think her next weekend back, she's not going to be, I think she's going to come with the same energy, same smile, Mm -hmm. same dominance. My only thought is when she sits down at the piano, she always talks. Do you think she's going to say anything, even if it's vague about like things change in life or the unexpected? Like, I don't know. Do we think she's really not going to give Elisa one liner? Not that she needs to, but I guess no. I want to be correct on the prediction. To me, what she has chosen to do is she changed her set list recently to remove Invisible String and to include the song The One. And to me, that's her confirming. That's, you know, she she understands that folks who are listening and who are listening closely can pick up what she means by that. So yeah, that's that. And Taylor... Alison Swift does not make mistakes and substituting invisible string for the one the week before this, I think was very very much intentional. intentional. Also just thinking of her singing the one knowing and no one else knows at the time. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Wow. Well, we felt like we had to kind of just talk about this because everyone listening to this episode probably loves Taylor Swift the way that we do. But anyways, we are going to get into the episode that we recorded two weeks ago. It is so much fun. I'm just going to stop yapping about it now because we're going to get right into it. So enjoy. I'm so excited. We do this every single time I come into the studio off air is we have some sort of Taylor Swift conversation. I need everyone to just, first of all, put some respect on the name for our guest today because every RealPod episode you've heard for the past three years has gone through the eyes, ears, and magical fingertips of Christiana Morgan Roth, who is my partner in crime today as we dissect T-Swift. Let's the real go. pod producer, everyone. Bring it. Bring, oh, bring it together. It. Stop it. No, go on. It's fine. How does it feel to be? <laughs> how does it feel to be like on the pod right now? Because usually no, you're. I'm producing. so excited. I'm so hype. I don't know. I, I love listening. It's a skill I'm working on for sure. But I can talk for days, babe. Great. Especially on I this subject. literally cannot wait. This is the T-Swift episode. Dare I say. It's been a long time coming, bud. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored to be on Real Pod. Truly, thanks Yay. for having me. I'm feeling like we should give everyone like an origin, a fan origin story of like why we are obsessed. Yes, you please. know the context. I'll let you kick it off. All right. So many years ago, and you can call me a fake fan if you want, but many years <laughs> ago, I really wasn't a fan of Taylor Swift. I was just so fascinated by her, and the fascination grew and built. And it really wasn't, I I didn't turn on red. I heard all the radio hits, enjoyed, loved, but really wasn't a freak. I have this lifelong condition where my favorite band is Fall Out Boy. So mm-hmm. that really is just like, there's nothing I can do about it. It happened when I was a teen. <laughs> 
And I didn't expect to, to feel that same love for Taylor, but I worked as a brand analyst in a different lifetime, a lifetime ago. We were asked to do basically like do these presentations and practice giving speeches so that we could stay in the habit of doing client presentations. And one of the ones that we did, one of the ways we did that and trained was we would be allowed to give a speech on whatever we wanted. And in the throes of my Taylor Swift fascination, I don't know if you remember this era, but like 2014, there was this point where Taylor Swift would go in and out of the gym in Soho, New York, and the candidates of Taylor Swift were fascinating because she would go in fully head to toe, glammed up, wearing heels, and then she would leave the gym fully glammed up, head to toe, heels, lipstick. And like people started to realize, I started to realize because I was looking at all these candidates, I was like, she's not even carrying a gym bag. How is this? How's this happening? Wait, so what was going on at the gym? I still don't know. All I know <laughs> is those purses were empty. But I was just, I was so mystified by her. And I was like, that's a true icon. You know, I was like somebody who is able to cultivate mystique. Mystique is so rare. Well, that's her bread and butter. And we were talking about this the other day because I, I was thinking, like as I do randomly throughout my day when I have just my own Taylor Swift discussion with my brain, that we think we have this really close relationship with her and we do because we have all these inside jokes and she's so revealing and personal in her songs. But like no one could say her favorite cuisine. No one could say like, is she a morning or nighttime person? What does she have a skincare routine? What is it? Does like, does she, does she like to swim? Like I will sometimes be in the middle of my day like, I wonder what T Swift is up to right now. Because what if Taylor we have, Swift can't swim. Because we wouldn't we, know. we have no idea. <laughs> she's just at the beach house this whole time, never learned to swim. Because she's because that was that's hilarious. Because she it is there is such mystery. Like we really don't know. Mm-hmm. Like there's no architectural digest, like welcome to her house, like to see the decor. Like we know the things that she's been so careful to let us know. That's why I think. In a way, we ha- she's not accessible to us. Right. But she feels like a friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And yes. that's the mastery. Another that's thing. Okay. I need to share my origin story. But before we get into that, and you're the perfect person for me to talk about this. Like, I'm going to say 90% chance she hears this episode. Oh, my God. Stop. No. Stop listening, because, Taylor. Because. No. But because I do know <laughs> I will not leave. I will not leave this earth. I yep. refuse to let my soul transcend to the heavens. She's going to be on her pod. Yes. We manifested this, I don't know how long I, ago now, months ago. I mean, I We're working on it. This is not the point of the episode, but Uploading. the the freaking dissertation I could give on why if Taylor Swift had to go on a podcast, it should be that honest. it should be it yes. should be real pod. 100%. But because I think that that's going to happen in my life, she's going to do her research. They're going to see this episode, they're going to listen. So, Taylor, welcome to the show. It is an absolute fucking honor. Tree, you know, send me an email. Let's mm-hmm. let's make this bad boy happen. Anyways, the origin story. I remember the I, I mean, I was a classic birth of a Swifty. I mean, mm. heard our song. Our song is Lamb's Game Door. What grade was I in? We were, it was a field trip day, elementary school, and they're listening to our song and they were super into it. And I had no idea. I wasn't also super into country, mm-hmm. but I just remember listening and loving the lyrics of like love and this dream date and like a hope being a hopeless romantic. And that was kind of super who I was as a young girl. And then fearless, I mean, just absolutely got my heart in a chokehold. And I went to the fearless concert and, you know, visuals in my mind still of the heart Mm -hmm. with the rain coming down. 
So I was a classic Swifty. And then I think the way that it maintained throughout all of her evolutions and era transitions is I don't know how, but I have felt like my life has been in alignment with every single album. Like from high school to then when I'm in college and I felt like I was going through shit in my life and then she came out with reputation and I was like, these lyrics are speaking to me. And then when she came out with Lover and the song literally says, I've loved you three summers now, I want them all. And I had been with Max for three years. Like, I mean, how? How does that line up? She grew up with us. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's really, there's something special about that. And I know that she's gone out of her way. I, I saw this TikTok. She's gone out of her way to make and cultivate and maintain relationships with with some fans over the course of several years, which I think is one of the ways that she's able to maintain this connection with her fans, right? Where it's like, okay, I remembered, you know, she, I remembered seeing you post a ton on Tumblr. This was somebody who shared this TikTok, somebody who would post about her on Tumblr a lot, got followed by Taylor Swift on Tumblr like back in 2014. Oh my God. Wow. Um, right. And and they stayed in touch over the years. So Taylor had selected her for sessions. one of her secret sessions. And I think there was another, there was like basically a TikTok breakdown of everything that had happened leading up to the Eras tour. And she would occasionally just get like DMs from Taylor Nation, et cetera, being like, hey, we'd like to stay in touch. I think that's one of the things that truly allows her to stay connected to what the experience of being a teenage girl, an adult woman right now is. It's like she has that lifeline. She's got her finger on the pulse because she's really making an effort to stay connected to people as they grow. Yeah. I think you're at the sweet spot because you've cultivated this career and this excellent podcast where you sit down with people from all walks of life, whether they're mega famous, whether they're your best friend, mm-hmm. you approach them all with the same dignity, respect, love. And if I was Taylor Swift and I wanted to be on a podcast, this is the one I would want to be on, Taylor. So I don't know. And to me, it's a no-brainer. Another thing it's is like, fandom. I always think about like how I would play it. Like, because I, if I did, okay, of course. Kicking my legs. Yeah. No, I feel like if she, she would ever be able to come on the pod, I think I would have to like, feel like I'd go into a room and have to scream, jump up and down. I have to get everything out of my system yes. to then walk into the interview and be like, hi, hi, Miss Taylor. Lovely. I'm Victoria. Lovely to meet you. Nice, nice I, to meet I would, you. I would need to keep the, like, of course, I'd be a fan, but I would need to have, like, yes. six, 70% professionalism. Yes. Otherwise, 100%. she's not doing the interview. I did have this experience recently where I worked on a Fall Out Boy music video, one of their latest music videos, as a production coordinator. And obviously, as a massive fan, that was, you know, like, getting up in the morning being like, <laughs> Yeah. And then you get on set and you're like, oh, yeah, they're just these guys. Like, I know a lot about them and that's a weird imbalance. But other than that, it's like, yeah, of course, you could still be professional. Like, I'm excited right. to come and do my job. I would never want my excitement for an artist to make them feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable right? So it's 100% possible to be a large fan of somebody, a huge fan, whatever, but still understand that your professional capacity exceeds that. And like totally. the fangirls living behind the eyes of the production <laughs> professional who's excited to create great work with them and for them. Yeah, a thousand percent. And I would just pretend that I don't have a note page in my phone of all the questions that I would ask her for the past five years if she were to come on the show. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, oh, I did this last week preparing. <laughs> but to your point, that's the thing is I will sometimes be like, wait, she's a person? Like, I think especially the most that I feel like she gets humanized for me in my brain is just thinking about her parents. Like, her dad taking that cute video of the stadium, like, 
her mom is always by her side. Like her best friend, Abigail from home that she's still in touch with. Like all those things. I'm like, okay, she's a person, but it is so hard for us to even, I think, think of her that way because we only see her in this superstar light. It probably doesn't happen that often, but it does help me to remember that even Taylor Swift has diarrhea sometimes. <laughs> no, but like I refuse to believe like, that. Like, <laughs> listen, she's probably got the cleanest gut on the planet. Don't get me wrong. But like, it's got to happen at some point. Like everybody in their life has had diarrhea. <laughs> so yeah, I have <laughs> that, to assume that that to me, I'm like, okay, she is a person. We've right, all had it. Right. You know? She. We've all, <laughs> yeah. Like I think too, like just even thinking about the fact that like does she shave her legs like yes. in the shower? Like she has to do that. Like you don't get to a level where like you have someone else in the shower with you shaving your legs. Like, and I just think to me, that's such a like experience of at least for like a woman, like just shaving your legs in the shower. Okay. She sleeps at night. She has to eat. She probably, you know, she has a phone. I'm always like, who has her number? What does it start with? How often is she changing it? But actually my very first question that I would ask her if I had uh, her on the what podcast. I know. I'm dying. Okay. So like literally I think there's probably a million better questions than this. But when I really think about, so this is my notes page called Taylor Swift Times Real Pod. It's pretty long. But literally, Whoa, she just scrolled for a long time. Yeah. Because like, I've got to manifest it, right? Like if I had her on the show, I'm preparing. Sometimes I'll be driving my car, I'll listen to a song and I'll think, Ooh, I want to ask that. Okay, so this is my first question legitimately for you, Taylor. I hope you don't think that then this is not a serious show and you shouldn't come on it. But I actually need to know, when did you change your cell phone number so people from high school couldn't just randomly text you happy birthday? I 100 percent. Those are the hard hitting questions. Yes. No one has ever asked her this in an interview. This is important. I need to know. And of course, you know, then we get, you know, we'll get deeper and darker. But that's my first question. Anything other than what's it like to be a woman in the music industry? (laughs) (laughs) No, we would. Taylor, we would not ask (laughs) you that. We would never. We would never. This episode is sponsored by Way. Way is a mindful eating app that helps people find peace in their relationships with food and their body. Y'all know how important it is to me. I want every single person on this planet to have a healthy relationship with themselves and with food. And it is difficult to do that. And there's not a lot of credible, healthy, non-toxic resources out there that are helping people. That's why I'm so passionate about promoting Way, And I'm so, so ecstatic that they're partnering with RealPod. Way uses a combination of intuitive nutrition and behavior science in a simple and thought-provoking experience from three pathways, body feels, emotional eats, and mindful shifts. Way creates a safe, non-judgmental environment immediately so you never step on a scale, never count a calorie, and Way never tells you what to do. They're the opposite of a restrictive diet. That's why I love them. 74% of people who use Way notice that they're thinking differently about what they eat or actually eating differently at the grocery store or a restaurant in just the first week. My life has changed tremendously ever since I healed my relationship with food and my body. And if you are looking for that opportunity or that resource, look no further than Way. For only a limited time, when you visit eatmyway.com, you will receive 30% off your subscription and a one-week free trial. That's only $6.99 per month for Way to help you find more peace in your relationship with food and your body. That's eatmyway, E-A-T-M-Y-W-A-Y.com, eatmyway.com to get 30% off and a one-week free trial for a limited time. Okay, you know what time it is. It is Athletic Greens time because I'm obsessed with Athletic Greens. Every single podcast, I rave about it. If you haven't tried it yet, babe, what are we waiting for? 
AG1 is way more than greens. It is all your key health products like multivitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more working together as one. I'm not a big supplement girly. I don't like to take lots of pills and have this whole plan. It's just too much for me. I like things very easy and very simple. And AG1 by Athletic Greens is absolutely the best of the best when it comes to one holistic supplement that has everything your body needs. Seriously. AG1 is made with over 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, and sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. I love that my AG1 is delivered monthly so I don't have to think about it. And of course, I have the travel packs so I never miss a day. I literally threw them in this giant plastic baggie and I brought enough for Natalie and for my cousin Taylor. I bring I bring enough for everyone I'm going to be with because I feel bad being like, I'm going to have AG1 and you're not going to have any because I know like it's the best thing to have. So I share the travel packs. And also, if you want five free travel packs, there's a special offer for you. If you head to athleticgreens.com slash realpod and make your first purchase, you will receive a year free supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. So go to athleticgreens.com slash realpod today to receive a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's athleticgreens.com slash realpod. Check it out. Okay. But anyways, getting into kind of our topics for today. I mean, we wanted to talk about eras. We wanted to dissect Mm -hmm. kind of the tour. I mean, where to even start? We have the fits, the set list, the stage dive. I want to talk about the choreography for the vigilante shit number because that is giving me a sexual, powerful, yes, Mm -hmm. awakening (laughs) that like I want to, I just love that. Like again, she's always on the same wavelength as me. A hundred percent. She's on her sexy journey. She's doing the same thing. I think so. So I mean, after you saw the TikToks, the photos, we're only a few weeks into the tour recording this. Is it everything that you were thinking it would be? First impressions is I'm so in awe of the percentage of people attending the Eros show that are dressed up. Truly. That's true community. That's so exciting because that's how you start conversations and become friends with other fans. Like, oh my God, I love your outfit. You're right. That's like everyone. I mean, if you don't go dressed up in some way, you almost look like an outsider. But now that I think about other concerts, like people don't dress up in costume. No, people don't cosplay as the artist. Like people don't even <laughs> wear the artist band shirt to yeah. most shows. That's like so a, true. something you don't do because it's it's bad luck. But but yeah, I, I did notice that. And I love seeing it because to me as an artist, like, yes, the, the thing you want is that is for people to connect with your work. But to me, like the next level, like a self-actualized, like truly formed fan base is one that starts creating its own art, Right. Yeah. That is inspired by an artist to create their own art, not just to like worship the art that's present. Like so. when I spent hours making my bejeweled corset for Halloween. Wait, 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 please. What are you thinking about wearing? Have you thought? Oh my thought gosh. Which era even you're going to? You know, I have so many different thoughts because like, I feel like everything is an opportunity to be noticed by her in some way. Like, you know how the willow tree kind of took over TikTok and yes. she even said on stage, like, I saw the willow tree. I mean, that is execution at its finest level. So I, I don't know. I've been thinking about what I want to do. Fortunately, I so I'm not going to August, which feels so painfully far away. I'm really holding back from singing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean singing? Singing the song August. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I've actually, I've actually thought about how hard that's going to fucking go when it's August and she's it's August. Like, it is going to go so hard. It's going to whip. No, literally, I cannot wait. The good thing is that I have time. I think in mm-hmm. a perfect world, I would love to do some like 
cue the Lady Gaga, never seen before, so original, never been done before, mm-hmm. iconic. Like, I want to think of something like that. Definitely thinking there's going to be some element of craftsmanship, DIYing, like, you know, to make it original. Yeah. I definitely, like, I, and I love, I love a challenge like that. Like, when I was making the Halloween costume, like, I fucking love stuff like that. Yes. So I'm excited. I haven't really brainstormed it because I feel like I have time. So hopefully mm-hmm. it doesn't creep up on me. But in line with that, because I'm going in August, I've been thinking, do we think she's going to change the set list? Do we think things are going to change? What are what about the little oh, yes. like this, symbols for the opening acts changing? A hundred percent. Like she does need to change the set list because currently Getaway Cot isn't on it. So, <laughs> something to consider. Yeah. <laughs> it's 44 songs. Right, getaway getaway yeah. Not in it. But yeah, I, I was thinking that too because <laughs> like literally she is doing a set list that is 44 songs, which is the length of a lot of like classic rock band like we're talking like the cure would do a 44 song three hour set list obviously she's put a lot of thought about how this is going to go down what's going to go into it so it feels equally possible that she wouldn't change it but I I I kind of hope she doesn't Mm -hmm. I hope I know she's rotating the acoustic number right I know she's you know I think she did change I saw a DM like she she alternated like one song she didn't play something from debut at one concert to the other. I think it's little changes. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. I think that keeps everyone everyone special. Like, I think she did that even on the rep tour. Like, she had, mm-hmm. she was doing, like, a guitar number acoustic, and she would always change the song. Right. I think my biggest argument for why I wouldn't want her to change it completely is, like, because I think I'm excited to see the show I'm seeing on TikTok. Like, I'm excited to see that, that I want them to come out with those big pedals and I want her to release for the, it's been a long time. Like, I want to yes. see it. It would take so long, actually, now that I think of, like, to fully choreograph well, th- outfits for songs that aren't on that the, list. That's the other logistical argument. Yeah. Is like, there has been so much choreography, so much planning, mm-hmm. the transitions, the, I mean, you cannot just, I mean, one just swap one in. I agree. I So I think there's going to be the little tweaks She's always dropping little Easter eggs at every concert. You know, is she spelling out Speak Now TV on the T-shirts? That's Mm -hmm. something people are speculating. I'm here for that. That's classic Taylor. She's not going to do the same thing every night. But I think the heart of the show and the map out is going to be the same. And I think she'll she'll keep updating costumes. I think she's already been doing that a little bit. Yeah. Which, fine. I'm fine with that. But I definitely hope she's not, like, adjusting the entire... The core. Yeah. This, the base mold of the show. Have you, for anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled on the set list, you may want to. No, forget this. Don't listen to this if you don't want a spoiler. This yeah. is, we're here for the spoilers. That's right. Right. <laughs> so have you then gone through the set list and how do you feel about the set list? I've gone through the set list. I don't know it exactly like the back of my hand. I, I have think. it in front of me. If okay. You have any <laughs> Amazing. Produced on. Yeah. If you have any questions, but I just, I just have a small bone to pick here, which okay. is that opening with Miss Americana and <laughs> Prince, a song I've listened to maybe three times in my career. Okay, let's fucking fight, Christiana. Let's fight. Let's let's fight. fight. Okay, this I'll is roll a, up my sleeve, this is darling. a good argument. Uh huh. Okay, you know what? I'll let you go first. I'm cutting you off. Okay, so this to me kind of ties into something we could break down a little bit later, but like the fact that Taylor Swift maybe does isn't always the best at picking singles. Which songs should be the single? Hot take. Mm. Back it up. Listen. Okay. Cruel Summer should have been a single. Without promotion, it became a hit. Thank God that is the second song on this set list. Cardigan is the only single. August? Betty? No? Ridiculous. Evermore. The fact that we never got the video for Nobody, No Crime has me shaking in my cowboy boots. And Midnight's? (laughs) Karma should have been a single. Not Bejeweled. Sorry. I just, these are the the things. These are the ones when I'm saying she doesn't 
always pick singles in a way that I would. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Not that it has held her success back in any way. I feel like everyone in the Swifty community has agreed that like just the whole me, like just everything relating to that, like everyone. It's one of my least favorite too. It's a wash. I think that's a wash. Like I can't even insult my queen. Also, I know she's listening. Like I I have to. I'm not saying. I can only sleep at night thinking she's listening. But I, I feel like everyone in the in the community just agrees that like it's that one thing that we're all kind of like we love you unconditionally. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say I love it unconditionally. No. I would say that I love her body of work unconditionally. I love her and respect her as an artist unconditionally. That's right. I can also have a no. least favorite song. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that like it's the we it's like the it's that kind of thing where you're like we oh, love yes. you unconditionally. Like, we love you dis- no matter dis- what. Yeah. Even <laughs> even with me, even with me. <laughs> being the single from Lover. Like that's that what I'm saying. Should it be. Yeah. Cool summer. And I think I think she recognizes that or somebody on her team did because Cruel Summer is the second song on the set list. And I think to me, I'm like, that would be an incredible opener. But I don't feel I haven't seen enough love for Miss Americana and Heartbreak Prince to justify opening the Eras tour with it. Okay. Wild to me. So that has actually been one of my like hidden gem songs I'm obsessed <gasps> with. So I have actually listened to Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince so many fucking times. To <gasps> me, it's like the last great American dynasty off of okay, which is also folklore. On the set list. Like mm-hmm. that's just to me, like literally one of the greatest songs she's ever written. And it's so underrated. Wow. Okay. I, mean, I, I would say yes about last great American dynasty. I wouldn't say it about Miss Americana. I was saying last great American dynasty is one of the best songs I yes. think she's ever written. Yes. For Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, I think that song is an absolute bop. I think it's so fire. I think it's just a hidden sleigh on lover. I think the CW energy to me. (laughs) I love a lot of CW shows. I think the only reason she opened with it is because of the, literally because of the line, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Like I literally think like that, I mean that, like for her to go, she's playing chess. It's been a long time coming, but, and then it's you and me. Like I think, I literally think she did it for that singular line because how iconic that you can pull one line from a song that just encapsulates like how long we've been waiting for tour. I'm just saying we were both young when I first saw you. Open with that and break my heart. <laughs> okay, I definitely think I hear your argument of when I saw it was an acquired taste. It yeah. simply grew on me the more mm-hmm. I saw the opening act videos. Yeah. Because I would not have expected it, mm-hmm. but I like have a hundred percent respect for its genius and I am not mad about it. And yeah. the more I think about it, the more I think it is actually so iconic. Cool. Is how okay. I feel. All right. I'm going to Rewatch. I'll give it a little time. There are plenty of albums, even not Taylor's, but like that. I was like, I don't know about this, and let it grow on me. So, did you hear the audio mixing of the like? It's been a long time coming, and then it's like, my name's Taylor, and this is Speak Now, and then she goes like, it's been a long time coming. Big reputation. It's been a long Ooh. time coming. So, so she it goes. Yeah. That yes. Should go in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just mixing myself. So my editor brain, my fan so edit brain, just jumped. Basically, out. she pulled the line. It's been a long time coming. They slowed it down. She sang it in a different mm-hmm. melody, and then they inputted all the seven, like a line from the seven albums. Cool. And then it okay. goes to her being there. It's been a long time coming, but in the rhythm, it's you and me. So that's okay. literally why. I she think, had a vision. I think you take out the beginning of the vision and she wouldn't have opened with it. Okay, got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. So wait, tell me what your ideal intro was her going, we were both young. I feel like that doesn't go as hard. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. No, yeah, cry. but that's like, that happens at every bar in America. Like you yeah. hear them go, we were both, and everyone goes, yeah. oh, I love it. But that's not the You're opening right. of the era tour. She does want to innovate and she does. I think what this set list proved to me is that she wants to do the unexpected. She really didn't want this to, because to, obviously there were so many great TikToks 
that were anticipating what her medleys would be, her openers and like with the hairbrush right. enactments. She's like, okay, it can't be any of that. It has to be something they're not expecting. Right. Which, which is I really like admire. her bread and butter. Yes, yes, I admire that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Even like, I mean, kind of parallel, like Rihanna at the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. I mean, did anyone think she'd open with bitch better have my money? No, nobody predicted it. But when she did it, I was like, wait, this oh goes God, so hard. Like, There was no better choice. Yeah. So... Oh. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. I'm just gonna say, I I do think that the set list has a lot of a lot of lover and it doesn't have all of my favorites on lover. I think, well, the reason I think she starts with lover and does a lot of lover is because we got burned on lover fest. Yeah. So I feel like she was like, I I cannot not. Right. She's got to give lover. That makes sense. I what is missing from lover that you like from lover? False God. Oh, false False God God. goes hard. False God does go hard. You know what never hit for me? Hmm. The Archer. Oh, wow. I actually was super impressed that she put the Archer on. I would never expect it. And it did hit for me. But she has a live performance of that. Didn't she perform that somewhere? Yeah. I wasn't expecting it, but I do love that she did it. Who could ever leave me, darling, but who could stay? Like, oh, my God, slay. Sing that in a stadium. What are your thoughts on Evermore? All the, like, Evermore commotion. Okay. I feel... To go back to the problem with singles, I feel so deeply in my heart that we should have a music video for Nobody, No Crime. With oh. Time. It would be so fun. It's a perfect in karaoke the, song. Yes. Like, in the same on, way. Like, Coyote Ugly vibes. We need a music video for Speak Now. Yeah. I mean, yes. that is that to me is like classic Taylor. Like, I want to see you cosplaying the woman marrying him and the interrupting yes. the wedding. I want, I want her to play both like she did You Belong With Me. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to say, I think this set is, set list is more ever more heavy than I anticipated. Maybe she was responding to some of the criticism that she doesn't show ever more enough love. (laughs) I was like, I'll show you. Which she acknowledged. Yeah. I've been on the road a lot recently and you better know that I didn't go anywhere without my element packets. No joke. Had them in Hawaii. Had them in North Carolina. Had one this morning back in LA. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix and can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. And let me tell you that I truly feel this within the first few sips. Element always revives me, max two. Whenever one of us is coming off of lots of travel, jet lag, not a lot of sleep, a workout, I'm like, do you want an Element? He's like, yes, please. And then I make one for myself too. Element is used by everyone from NBA, NFL, and NHL players, Olympic athletes, Navy SEALs, to everyday moms, dads, and exercise enthusiasts. Element has no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten. So it's friendly no matter what sort of nutrition plan you're on. And electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. That's why it's so important to make sure that our body has enough electrolytes. Right now, Element is offering RealPod listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets for free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash RealPod. This deal is only available through the RealPod link, so you must go to drinkelement, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash RealPod. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I'm coming off the road from a few speaking engagements, and the number one thing I am always trying to encourage people to do, especially students, athletes, honestly anyone, is to try therapy. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding, and it was absolutely game-changing for me to kind of take a magnifying glass to my mind with a professional and start to learn 
positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and overall just feel empowered to be the best version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We love that. Everyone's busy these days. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And also, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. That's major. That's key. It is so hard to find someone you vibe with, and BetterHelp makes it so easy to do that. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, better, H-E-L-P.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, better, H-E-L-P.com slash Real pod today to get 10% off your first month. You won't regret it. And I'm so proud of you for reaching out. Speaking of reading into songs, mm-hmm. I think we should read into some songs. Yes. Okay. Here's a struggle. Mm-hmm. I want to read into right where you left me. Yep. I want to read into Maroon. Mm-hmm. I think we know where that's going. Yep. <laughs> Listen, because you know who was following Taylor Swift out of the gym and a lot of those 2014 candidates? Carly Claus. But here's the thing. Claus, I, Claus. I don't, I fully get the it's not fair to speculate or right to speculate on yes. someone's privacy. Uh-huh. I get confused. It's confu- possible not to. Well, that's the thing is I get confused because I think the majority of the other songs are please speculate. These are hidden messages for you. Yeah. So it's like, so we're encouraged to decode the messages and all these other songs. Mm-hmm. But then there's a few that like we're not allowed to. But then there was yeah. the Rolling Stones article yes. that you know that her team probably had to have eyes on and let approve yes. because she has such a good relationship with Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. You know, here's here's my take. I, oh, and we have to get into Joe. Oh my God, we have so oh much to fucking God. talk about. We have a lot to discuss. <laughs> okay. Okay, wait, I'm going to pull up right where you left me lyrics and I, please carry on. But I, I mean, glass shattered on the white cloth. Everybody moved on. Mm-hmm. But I'm right away. you left. That's such a banger. That's one song I wish she was playing. Can that be the surprise song in August? Okay. Oh, yes. Tay Tay. Oh my God. Friends break up. I mean, that song goes so hard. God, that one really, <laughs> I will just listen to that randomly in my car. So, Friends get married? Like, come on. Yeah. I think we know. But you know what really threw us for a curveball? And mm. I think this is the master of Taylor Swift again. Say it. The fact that Folklore and Evermore were, hey, guys, you can't take these seriously because they could be mythical stories. Yes. That Their opened characters. up a portal of, mm-hmm. of us being like, does that carry through into Midnight's? And that's where I feel like with Midnight's, she releases Bigger Than the Whole Sky. Mm-hmm. And like Midnight's is not a Folklore Evermore album. And she's been very clear that these are the things that she thinks about in the middle of the night that Happened she deals with. in her with. real life. Yeah. Yes. Nights she, of her life. She also did throw in like, you know, the language of I want everyone, like these are the thoughts, fears we all have. So she never explicitly said like all these are true, but anti-hero she expressed was like so on the nail of her. Like she was like every single word in this, take it as my word. Yes. So I think that's where I get stuck with like some of these other theories of like folklore did open the portal for you can't take it as it's real to her. Whereas prior to that, mm-hmm. she was very straightforward about like all the songs she written like having to do with her life like she was like I write about my life I write about my relationships right but with Folklore and Evermore she really did she said it was like a good it was a good challenge for me as a writer to try and sit in other people's perspectives but I think great songwriting great art you really can't help but have some of what's in your heart leak through because if it doesn't then what are you writing about you're writing about something you're totally emotionally removed from 
there were, you know, songs like Seven or Happiness where she's writing from the perspective of somebody who's going through a divorce. It's like, yeah, you can also still pull from some of the breakups that you've gone through or right. the people you've left behind, what have you, in order to get into that perspective. You're not fully starting from scratch, you know? Totally. So it does, it does allow her to, I think that Midnight's is mostly, if not entirely, autobiographical, but Bigger Than the Whole Sky really does have that, mm, that little possibility. It's like, ah, maybe you're writing from someone else's perspective, but I feel like it's just so hard because mm-hmm. it's plausible, but it's such a personal thing that yes. you don't want to speculate of course all not. these things. You know, so I don't know. That's that's the mystery of Miss T. Swift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to talk about Joe. We have to talk about Joe. Okay, you had the funniest thing you told me about Joe. Was it like a month ago? (laughs) (laughs) I just feel that there are several instances of this, but the most potent is on Midnight's that Taylor Swift writes a lot about how Joe shuts up and that's what she likes about him. What Taylor Swift likes about Joe is that he doesn't talk. What makes you think that? Okay, so Lavender Hayes, staring at the ceiling with you, you don't ever say too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, that is the fucking line. I've never really thought about it. You don't ever say too much. No, it could it could be like, oh, she doesn't talk to he doesn't talk to the yeah. press, and that's what I like about him. He never but but she's saying staring at the ceiling with you when we are alone at night in our bed. <laughs> you don't you don't ever say too much, you know? You don't really, you know, you kind of let me run the show. I do think that she definitely loves that he doesn't, I think probably in comparison to some of her previous exes, doesn't seem to have any thought in his mind to ever share details of their relationship. That's where I was just going to go with this is I don't really, I think she is so fucking intelligent that I don't think she could be with someone who doesn't intellectually stimulate her. And like the fact that he's helped compose songs with her, like he's clearly got creative. Very intelligent. And then the way she said that she played, was it she played Call It What You Want to him on guitar and that's like about him. So I think, I think the thing here is like maybe what she loves about him is that he is so off the grid. He is so down to be like, like she knows there's never going to be a day where Joe's like, I want to be in the spotlight and go to all these interviews. And like, I think that's probably a huge safety for her. Like if we think about the things that have to trigger her in a relationship or with men to be with a guy who is predictable and Mm -hmm. is safety and isn't gonna, because all these other guys have really kind of turned on her and not cared to leave her reputation in the dust. Yes. And also, actually, a friend of mine just put this to me the other day, and I thought it was brilliant. She said, reputation is Taylor's falling in love with Joe album. Mm-hmm. Like, truly, before a lover. Really, like, front to back. Obviously, she's dealing with all of the stress that it was causing her, you know, past relationships. I just relationships. got chills. You know? I'm thinking of Delicate. But like, oh, New Year's Day. Oh, my God. Oh. That's a that's a first dance kind of song. That is such a good song. Unbelievable. There's glitter on the floor after the party. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Gosh, it's such a good song. The imagery in that song is so powerful. And I um, just love and delicate. I think it's, wait, what are the, I'm, the best? Yeah, my reputation's never been worse. So you must love me for me. me. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the thing where I think her feelings about reputation, her reputation and her feelings about Joe are completely intertwined. You know what's so hard for me? Joe-putation. <laughs> God, what, that reputation. Whenever someone's like, reputation, I'm like, no. Listen again. Stop. Listen again. It's, it's top three albums for me. Mm-hmm. Which also people asked us to rank, but I think that has to be a whole fucking other episode. No, like, we have to come with episode. like, our, yeah, we have to yes, do that again. We'll kind of, we'll have to, I would need another week of prep. Yeah. <laughs> but for, back to this conversation, 
what I as hard for me, what's hard for me about someone else's relationship who I don't know <laughs> is I know I'm not entitled to her life or anything about her. The same right. way that I feel as a creator on like a far smaller scale, like mm-hmm. how I don't like when people feel entitled to know certain things about me that you haven't chosen to I, share. I right? do think what's hard for me <laughs> as a fan is I feel like I was so with you on the debut, the fearless, the speak now, like the crying in the rain, the dancing, like I was there for you, the, the hopeless romantic. And it's like, now you have presumably that love. Mm-hmm. I just want a little more of it. Mm-hmm. I just want to see you. Like, I just want to know a little more about it. Like kind of, yeah. And I know she doesn't owe that to me and it's not my right, mm-hmm. but that is the one thing where I'm like, it would be so nice to to like have a little bit more physical evidence not through song of their love purely because I just want to be so fucking happy for her. I think the less we hear about the relationship, the happier we will know her to be, you know? You're a thousand percent right. And if I was her, I would probably do the exact same thing. I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. I just think about her stardom is at such a level. Back to the beginning of the podcast, I was talking about like how we don't really know these little things about her. It's like, I mean, I don't know what it would be like to live on this earth and legitimately have no privacy, mm-hmm. no idea who you can trust. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. She carries or carried. I don't know if this is still true, but she carried wound dressings in her purse for a long time because of her very valid fear that a stalker was going to come and kill her or shoot her. And she needed to have something on her at all times to be able to dress a wound. To me, I'm like, there is a tailor that we really can never, really can never conceive of. Like the the kind of, you know, the kind of 10 different security cameras that you would have in your head at all times when you're constantly being watched. And she holds it with such grace. Such grace. She's so down to earth. Mm-hmm. She's such a good person. She's such like still close with her parents and her brother. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And with Joe's family, it sounds and like And with too. Joe's family. Mm-hmm. Which I always think about, how does that work? These are like the little things I'm always curious. Like yeah. when you go to like Thanksgiving with their family, like do you, or do you have to tell them like no one can take photos? Does everyone sign NDAs? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just so curious. And like she can't just go to dinner like and they Good can't point. just invite Uncle Bob and Uncle mm-hmm. Bob. Like, I don't know. Like they just literally, that's, the, those are the elements that like she has to deal with that. Like, you know, I bet she wishes she could just go to Thanksgiving at her boyfriends yeah. fiance's husbands yes we talk about we this know. oh my god okay. oh my god are so, they engaged are they- i have heard whispers in the mm-hmm. industry right that people very much believe that they're married that they are mm-hmm. uh, that's not my personal belief i've just mm-hmm. heard that from people who believe that right but i don't know why what do people know hmm? what do people know really what do people know is true and i don't know like do we think that after eras she's gonna that then she's gonna get into her bridal era does she ever want to be a mom I mean I feel like I feel like she kind of blew us off the trail with Lavender Hayes yes 100% you know the 1950s shit they want from me you know so she she's going a different way she's always asking me if I'm gonna be your bride yeah only kind of girl they see is a one night or a wife right yeah I thought that song or at least those lyrics specifically were meant to either throw us off the scent as you said or for her like maybe it, it signaled this evolution in her thinking where it's like, yes, she has reputation. She has lover where she has that profound, like the the love between the two of them. And then she had a moment where she remembered, I'm Taylor Swift. Yeah. I don't need to get married. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that this is my person. Can you imagine the prenup? Like just 
all of that alone is going to take months and months of legal work to figure out, you know, like, yeah. what is that even what is that going to look like? You know, this woman has more assets than almost anybody in the world that she's developed entirely out of her own hard work and prolific songwriting. Right. You know, like a lot of that and an incredible team as well. But I mean, ultimately, I think the question is, she, did she have a moment where she stopped and said, wait, wait a second. I am absolutely more in love than I've ever been. I know this is my person. Do I have to get married right now to prove it to anyone else? Right. There's a lot on the line there. Totally. And it's just making me think about if she feels just a tremendous amount of pressure with like mm-hmm. everything she has to do in her life, like has not, not that I think it has to be, but I, I think just the vibe is it has to be perfect with Easter eggs and thought yes. and iconic. Like, like it, it's just so much. Um, like, should your wedding belong to other people? No, I don't think so. I think something that you said about your own wedding that really stuck with me that I loved was when you talked about one Exchanging your vows was the most present you've ever been in your entire life. And two, that that entire part of the ceremony is really meant to be a celebration of, but also a peek inside life with you and your partner. It's not meant to be about Easter eggs for fan. It's not. It's it's really just yeah a celebration of what's ultimately an act of creation. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know? I think that's a good call out because I literally feel like I put so much of me out there. I'm not comparing myself to stuff, but my vows, I didn't, I didn't put out. That's like mm-hmm. the one, that thing that I didn't put out because I'm like, you know what? I don't want likes or dislikes mm-hmm. on YouTube. I don't want anyone even commenting. I don't want anyone knowing what was said in this moment. We invited who we wanted to invite to our wedding and that's our moment. And I feel like, although that's only one instance of me shielding my life to the public, makes me better understand why Taylor would shield like all the things that she does because to her, like her entire relationship is that, that thing that she doesn't want people picking apart the way that they've picked apart all of her relationships prior to that. And on this note, I think a majority of people know this. They might not. It was before I was watched online as I am now, but I got rep room. So I got to meet Taylor. Crazy freaking story. And there's so much to talk about here. And if you really want to do a deep dive, just scroll back down on my Instagram. But she literally said the reason her comments are turned off on her Instagram is because she just couldn't deal with any more like all of the opinions on her life. And like, even though her following is probably going to be majority positive, like it just goes to show like she doesn't have comments on because that has to be so much. And I also wonder too, like we see all these narratives about Taylor, but I'm sure she and her team in a way like shield her. It's like a boundary. Like when I set a boundary, even with family or friends on like, this is something I want to talk about. Like she probably has to be like, I can't wake up and know what's trending every day, like about me. You know, but what I was going to say about the pressure is like, I sometimes am like, whoa, we have, I mean, in the thick of it there, when she had released Fearless Taylor's version, Red Taylor's version, Midnight's, like I even had a fan moment of overwhelming. Like, mm-hmm. how am I going to memorize all these lyrics? How am I going to like properly digest? It's it's like overload. And then I'm not even the one creating the content, making sure it's all perfect. They have to plan it ahead of time. I mean, it is insane. Like, Oh, another thing that I want to say on this podcast, because it's so important, hot take. You see all these artists being like, when I write my songs, go click on the three dots on Spotify. It was written by 10 people and maybe them. Spicy. When you click on Taylor's songs, it is her and maybe one person, most of the time just her. Yep. But I feel like even like we see, I don't want to call out artists because I am i don't have anything negative for other artists, but like 
it'll be like this album I wrote in a time when I was, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, really? Then why is like, like you and your producer why are, and 10 other people? Why are seven people on every song? Like yes. you didn't write it. And, and, and I think people are trying to, to create albums that are like, this album is about this time in my life. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Taylor was the blueprint for that. No one was taking as much ownership and intentionality in their work before, like before her, I really can't think of. Of course, there are amazing artists who wrote their who wrote their own songs and sure. did did all that. But for her to pair the writing her own songs, the imagery, the graphics, the lyrics, the titles, the the planning, the eras, like mm-hmm. there is not another artist who every single album they comes out, they basically reinvent themselves. Yes, and it is always like top tier. And also too, I think that's actually one of the reasons now that you say it that we have felt so close and aligned with her as we've grown up and as she's grown up because she's just for the most part talking about and sharing with us what's going on in her life and that's why it's always going to feel like okay this is what either what Taylor is interested in talking about right now or what's going on in her life and I think that's one of the reasons why we've been able to grow along with her and cultivate that closeness whereas some a different artist might make an album, they're like, okay, so this is my retro sci-fi inspired album. It's not necessarily them, you know, them. So it's true. a cool idea. It's a super cool concept. I love that. I love a concept album, but it is different from writing songs on your bedroom floor, you know, because your heart is broken. She is literally an icon. Like people overuse the word icon, but yeah, she's such an icon. She really is. She's stunning. Okay. We're like sadly at time no. could literally keep, keep going. This podcast is going to be four hours, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we definitely need to do another one. Very, very last thing. The next album release. Yeah. Quick thoughts. I mean, everyone thinks of Speak Now TV. I know. And I really have no idea because she's done such a good job of weaving the two together. Every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's the right color for that album. And I'm like, squint. I mean, and then she, it's the other color. I actually. think because she's not playing it at eras, that has to be the biggest like. Right. I mean, come on. Right. She's going to give us Speak Now next. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Right. And she still has time to do the Speak Now music video because, you know, with the new album can come new videos. She's been so prolific, truly in the last several years in particular. I wouldn't be surprised if we have another completely new original album by the end of next year. It really wouldn't shock me. She just delights in songwriting. I can see it, you know? Yeah, right. It's like she loves to do it. So she's like, why would I do this thing I love and not like put it out there? Exactly. Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. Yeah, let me know how much you loved it and if we need to do more because we can do more. Yeah, we do a lot more. Thanks so much for having me, babe. Of course. I'm so glad you came on. There's no one better to talk about this with. My God, I really, I really feel exactly same. We talk about her so much. I'll like run into the room or you'll burst into the room into the studio and be like, oh my God, we have yeah. to discuss. We have a constant narrative going. Is there like a good lyric to end this episode with? Actually, this is one I think, but I think it kind of speaks to a lot of the themes that we've hit on in this episode from Cruel Summer. If I bleed, you'll be the last to know. Oh, that's spicy. And your love for Cruel Summer is hilarious. <laughs> I feel like you would die for Cruel Summer. <laughs> I will drive through the night for that song. I will rise from the dead for that song. It's a cruel summer with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Pod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of Real Pod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or a review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. 
I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind-the-scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.